0: Love Talk Radio Welcome to Last First Date Radio featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating and mating in midlife and now here's your host Sandy Weiner
1: Hello hello this is Sandy and welcome to Last First Date Radio the place to be for creating healthy lasting Relationships in midlife. And today I am excited to be speaking with marriage and life coach and sex expert Gail Crowder about how to reconnect with a partner emotionally, sexually, and spiritually. Over the past 11 years since I started doing this work, I have been able to make um, a, a real impact on women as a love and women's empowerment coach. Women have entered into relationships of their dreams, they have found the love of their life, and they've gotten married. But as I grow and advance the Woman of Value movement, which is really what I stand for, I plan to support women even further by giving them accessible tools to teach them, to teach others how to treat them and showing them how valuing themselves is simply non-negotiable. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is your past doesn't limit you. So many women and men think that because of their past, they are doomed for a certain future or presence, and I want to tell you that it is simply not true. I mean, if you listen to this show, you will hear so many of the experts who have come from very difficult beginnings And that's what inspired them to do this incredible work. And I'm actually going to ask Gail um, about her beginnings because it's it's always interesting what inspires people to do the work they do. But, you know, people have reinvented their lives. They have transformed from tough beginnings. So please don't let your past limit the present and the future because you are – Destined to live a great life if you believe it and you do the work to achieve it. If you are not yet a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, I invite you to please join us. It is a fabulous group of about 2,500 women and the conversation there is positive, supportive, and really non-judgmental. And, and this big focus on the nonjudgment, this is a... Really safe group because my guidelines are super strict and they are enforced by myself and my seven monitors. So I take this work seriously. And if you want a group where you feel safe and supported, join your last first date on Facebook. And now for our fabulous guest today Gail Crowder is a certified master sex expert, a marriage and life coach, and a best selling author. She dedicates her time to building the self-perception, public image, spiritual values, and individual life purpose of her clients. She's been on TV and radio shows for her expert advice on relationships, and her company focuses on bringing sexy back to the marriage and provides a safe space dedicated to the spiritual and sexual enhancement of marriages. She has five books out. And some of them are your purse-sized fashion guide, Chronicles of Real Sexy Wives, Tall Glass of Water, Bringing Sexy Back to Your Marriage, and Keep Your Legs Open. I actually had a book that I was going to write called Eyes Wide Open, Legs Firmly Shut. So this is interesting. This was mine was more of a dating, um, a dating guide to date smarter. But join me now for episode number 317. How to Reconnect with a Partner Emotionally, Sexually, and Spiritually with Gail Crowder. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
1: Oh, I'm excited to have you. So you've got all this experience, and I know you work mostly with wives, but our show is dedicated to singles and married people, so... We all want to have better love and connection. And um, so tell us your story. I said I was going to ask you. What, what inspired you to do the work you do?
0: Well, um, 30 years ago, uh, as of July the 20th, um, I got married at age 21, and my husband was age 22 when we had no business being married. And I came from a long line of women Um, That were I consider bosses You know they had their own house Their own cars All those kind of things And I did not see what healthy relationships Or healthy marriages look like So I went into my marriage With my own house My own car My own everything And that created Almost 10 years of chaos Literally chaos in my marriage I used to talk to my husband Treat my husband Absolutely horrible And And he got in, had enough of me, and he actually left me. <laughs> he, he walked mm. away, and he said, I'm not coming back until you tell me you're sorry and truly mean it. And I never wow. used the word sorry, right? I would do things to, you know, indicate that I was sorry for my behavior, but to say those words, I just never said them because no one in my household ever said I was sorry. You just did things to make it better, and you moved on. And so um, as I began to search within myself and realize, you know, that I had uh, abandonment issues, I had anger issues, I had all of these issues that had nothing to do with my marriage, but I was taking those out on my husband, I began to do the work, and I realized that so many marriages and relationships and women were going from relationship to relationship searching for something, but they did not do the work that they needed to become whole in to order to have a healthy, strong relationship. And so that's really where my work began. Mm. That is truly where my work began, really helping women identify why they choose the relationships that they choose and that we keep repeating the same pattern, right, because uh-huh. that's, what, that's a learned behavior or that's an insecurity or something. Um, why you keep choosing the same type of partner or getting yourself in the same situations. And so that's really where my work began, and then it began to involve in, you know, with marriages and really helping women um, see the value of marriage and, and what their partnerships should look like.
1: hmm Wow. So, yes. So what I said before about your past doesn't determine your present or your future, Um, you took your past and you changed it you went and did the work and and now you pay it forward and help other people which is beautiful so
0: absolutely and i and i enjoy doing the work every day too
1: yeah it's it's wonderful that you found your calling and did you get back together with your husband
0: Absolutely, and we celebrated 30 years on July the 20th of this year. So, yes, I Aww. am still with the same man. <laughs> and
1: Congratulations, to- 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 to-
0: son. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Mm. Well, that's a good happy ending. Um, yes. And sometimes the happy ending is leaving and not coming back. But it sounded like you you were humbled by this experience, and you saw that you needed to do work. And and he was patient too, like. I think that you know when when somebody loves you enough to walk away from abusive behavior or you know anything that doesn't support a relationship and just say like you got to do your work girl that was done out of love he could have just said I'm never I'm not waiting for you you go do your work and good luck
0: Absolutely, and and that's the reason why I also was able to identify that he was a special man, right, mm-hmm. and that he wanted the best for me, but he could no longer be a part of my chaos.
1: And mm-hmm. um, not
0: only was I behaving that way, you know, we had a, a, a four-year-old son when, you know, when the split happened, and I did not want to, again, see the repeat of what I had grown up in, the chaos, Happening again in in my marriage and allowing you know myself to be a single parent, and so again, sometimes you have to take a step back and it took for him to walk away for me to realize that I was the problem and I needed to do the work
1: mhm yeah no that's that's wonderful, and he does sound like a good guy, as I said, like I picked up on that right away. I have seen other men who just don't you know they they wouldn't stick around. Um yeah so yeah so let's let 's talk about um the parts of like reconnection. This show is about reconnecting, and um, let 's talk first about the disconnect, like what happens in relationships that disconnect people disconnect
0: a lot of times it could be it 's so many factors that can come into play when you disconnect with someone that you um fell in love with or you had synergy with or you you wanted to, you know, basically hang out with. And the first thing is it could be a lack of communication, effective communication. That was one of the things that start, started the ripple effect in my own personal life. I, I didn't know how to communicate with my partner. I, I did not know the things to say, how to say them, and when to say them, right? And so communication is a huge um, stepping stone to a disconnection in a relationship. So that's the first thing. The uh-huh. second thing could be, um, you know, you guys are on two different paths. And, and and what does that mean? One person might be a person that wants to be in school and be, you know, educated. The other person might be a workaholic, right? And how do you bridge that gap? Because sometimes when you're on two different paths, it's hard to stay connected because you want one thing and they want another thing, and and who's going to give? And a lot of times mm-hmm. when you're seeking something, you don't want to give up what you're seeking in order to stay connected to that other person. So that that can be a a path to disconnection as well.
1: hmm Yeah, and it happens actually a lot in this age demographic, over forty, sure. fifty, sixty, when people are starting to retire. Actually. Spoke uh, to a coaching group of another coach uh, last week and was talking to them about empowered communication. And the person who was leading the group is working really hard, and her husband is semi-retired. And so mm-hmm. she wanted some coaching around the fact that her husband takes naps during the day while she's working her tail off. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's hard to watch somebody not working when you're working so hard. And, you know, I think I, I said to her "That's that's really on her. Like she works like a dog. She needs to take more time. To relax and not be resentful that he takes naps, but um, you know I think we we all have to work through our own stuff and How would you deal with something like that
0: absolutely and the the thing is is that maybe like you said, if she's able. To enjoy a nap along with her husband, that would be a, a way to to reconnect right uh, but uh, and if she 's able to do that and it can become frustrating if like she feels like he 's doing nothing and she 's doing everything, so you know it that also starts with communication and trying to find that balance and she could could communicate and say, "Honey, you know, I am trying to accomplish x, y, and z." and when when I look over and I see your sleep during the day, when I'm doing the bulk of the work, it you know it 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 demotivates me to to want to keep moving forward. so if you're going to take a nap, a can you do it in a different room or can you do it at a different time? Or can you um, take on some of these responsibilities? Because I would like to be able to take a nap with you as well at a certain time during the day as well. So it's just about communicating your needs, your wants, and de- and, de- and desires, and just putting them out there because he might not even know how this offends her or how it affects her and her well-being mm-hmm. and moving forward with trying to accomplish all that she wants to accomplish. But I think the... Um, what you you told her as far as being a workaholic, right, she needs Uh to really schedule out and say, you know, at this point in time in the day I need to to relax, I need to not think that I can get a thousand things done within 24 hours. So she has to mitigate and try to take some of those things off her, her plate and take some of the pressure off as well.
1: Mhm. Yeah. No, but I I I love your suggestion about taking a nap together. I think yes. that certainly would go a long way to having him feel supported in his nap taking and also get Absolutely. a little sexy in there. And yes. you know, that and give her the
0: sex p- in the middle of the day.
1: <laughs> right. There's nothing nothing like afternoon delight, right?
0: <laughs> no, nothing nothing like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so let's let's go to the third thing you you gave us two: the lack of effective communication and couples that are on two different paths. And how do you bridge the gap? And what else? Mm-hmm. What else disconnects couples?
0: Uh, another thing disconnects couples, and I hate to say it, but it has to be to do with um, um, uh, liking to do the same things, right? Having things in common, because sometimes you know. When you start off, you know, you're in love, you know, you're dating, you're having fun, you're doing things that you probably normally wouldn't do, you know, because you want to please that person or impress the other person. But when you get into a relationship that is lasting, sometimes you realize that you guys don't enjoy doing the same exact things, and that Mm -hmm. can cause conflicts, you know. Some people are addicted to social media and video games. Other people are addicted to shopping and going out with their girlfriends. And how do you find and and those things are okay, but how do you find things that you enjoy together, right? And uh-huh. and and be able to sustain that because having fun is 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 a key component to a successful relationship. And so you have to make sure that you have that type of synergy where you enjoy doing some of the same things and you, you find joy doing them and they don't become a, a, a chore. Because a lot of times, you know, I've, I've coached couples that are like, you know, I realize I hate everything that he likes, you know what I mean, and vice versa. Uh-huh. And so it's like find one common thing that you like to do it and do it well and you both enjoy it and you can create memories behind that. And so a lot of times that could be something that really causes the disconnect because it's like you go do your video games and I'm going out with my girls. And you can't continue that. You can't sustain that because when do you find time together?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and that fun piece is missing in most people's lives. Forget their marriages or their relationships. They don't even know how to have fun in their own lives. So it's it's such Absolutely. an important piece. It's, it's,
0: and my, I always tell people just sometimes just <clears throat> turn off everything and just dance.
1: <laughs> you know, oh, I have love a good it.
0: <laughs> <time>. <laughs> turn off everything and just dance. You know, even if you have no rhythm, even if you have no music, just dance with the music that you play in your head and have a good time.
1: Mm, that's because such a great, are great really suggestion.
0: Because we successful driven money driven society and we need to really take time to to relax and and, and take a chill pill and enjoy life because life is good but it's all no, about yes. what you make it and how you you know what you put out there
1: i so agree with you all right let's let's talk about sex and uh mm-hmm. you're a sex expert, <laughs> and um a lot of relationships suffer from not being sexy enough. So what happened to the sexy? What's going on here?
0: Because having amazing sex and staying connected takes work, right? And we are a society that are, are so overwhelmed with so many different things, we say yes to I don't know how many things. So at the end of the day, when it's time to reconnect with your partner sexually, you have nothing left to give cuz we're tired uh-huh. and but you know the reverse is when you're you first meet somebody and you have that chemistry and you have you know oh my god i just can't wait right moment, you have to learn to recreate that on a continuous basis, whether you're in a long-term relationship or you're in a marriage. You have to learn to reconnect, and you have to start taking things off of your plate. And I always tell people who've been in a relationship or married for any given time, you have to schedule sex. And people are like, oh, no, because that doesn't make it spontaneous. Well, if you don't schedule it, you won't be having it. And, and it is a known fact. And that's why a lot of people say I'm not gonna get married because when you get married, you know, you stop having sex. It's because every, life begins to happen. But when we schedule sex on a continuous basis, right, and we we realize, okay, it's Tuesday and I'm going, I you know, I told my you know my husband I'm having sex with him. You stop saying yes to so many different things that, that distract you, so you can have the energy to have amazing sex, right? Because Sex, having great sex, is good for the body. It's good for the mind. It's good for relaxation. It adds years to your life. It does so many different things that that you just don't realize. But but again, people want to be in a committed relationship, but they don't want to do the work that it takes to to stay connected and to have amazing sex. And so I always tell people the the same thing that you did to to uh, get them is the same thing that you need to do to keep them. And uh, statistics say 96% of everybody before they get married or they get into a real committed relationship, a long-term, a long-term uh, relationship, and I'm talking about two years or, or more, right, they had, pre, you know, sex before them, right, and they couldn't wait to reconnect. You know, they're like, oh, my God, you know, on Friday we're going to be doing this, this, and this, and then they prepare for sex. That's the same thing you have to do in a relationship on a continuous Mm. basis.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. And I think people do think sex should be spontaneous. There's a lot of fallacies about romance in general, like, you know, that it's just... People are going to meet organically and the romance is going to be like violins are playing in the background and the <laughs> butterflies are flying. And it's like I was just listening to my guest from last week, Diana Kirshner, who did a PBS special about love and romance and the truth behind it. And she said all these mm-hmm. all these stories were written by men. It's about mm-hmm. the man who comes in on the white horse, and horse? you know, yep. and you kiss a frog, and the frog turns into a prince, and you know, <laughs> she goes to <laughs> the prince. You know, it's the frog is riding the horse. You know, it's like, um, <laughs> but it's it, <laughs> we just have a lot of crazy stories that that we think love should be, and we think sex should be, and pornography is really getting in the way of good sex, too. I mean, a lot of people Absolutely. are... Absolutely,
0: and people right? think that pornography is real. It's not. It mm-hmm. is not real at all. And people think that, that you know, if we're not having sex the way that looks, then it's not quality sex, and it's not real. You know how many times and they have to take those shots and they... Cut and slice and splice and do all these different kind of things and you know then it turns into the body image thing. It it just becomes a ripple effect, right? And it's not real. And let me just tell you that 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 we uh, we have done a poor job as a society with the like your your guest said the Cinderella effect. That's not uh-huh. real. You have to work at it. You have to create that, right? And everything that you see on TV is not real either right, all like, oh, when I just see them, I just, oh, no, uh-huh. you have to create that, you have to long that, you have to nurture that, right, it just doesn't happen, and so you can create that within your your relationship, but it takes work, it, it, it just doesn't happen, the candles just don't light up when you walk through the door And the, the scent <laughs> just doesn't come You know it just, it just doesn't happen You have to create it so it takes work You have to plan it and that's the reason why I always tell people plan sex Until it becomes natural
1: mm-hmm.
0: Plan sex yeah. Until it becomes even when you're dating Because when you when, when I was dating my husband, you know he was in the military and he was also in school, so I knew that our time was from Friday to Sunday, right? so I would plan, oh my God, I'm going to wear this, you know I'm going to wear these shoes, you know i you know I want to have these candles, I want to wear these this lingerie, I want to have this kind of smell going on, you know, I want us to have this kind of dinner, you know, or go out to this restaurant, so I planned it. And that's the same thing I have to do 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, then I'm going to be, you know, in a relationship where we're not connecting um, sexually. He's going to be sexually frustrated. I'm going to be sexually frustrated. And then that opens the door for infidelity. So right. I have to work at it. I do. Every, everything yeah. that we really want in life, we have to work at, including amazing uh-huh. sex.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so true, and I, I think even like what we focus on grows, and so the same is true for positive psychology. If you mm-hmm. have a thought in your head at the beginning of the day that you're going to look for the best moment of the day, your your focus is going to be on finding the good all day long, and you're going to find it. You're going to find oh, wow, this is something I want to celebrate, and this is something amazing that just happened, and I'm so grateful for this thing that happened. But if your focus is on, oh, my God, life sucks, and why don't I have the job I want, the man I want, the this, I want, you know, you're going to just look for everything that's wrong. So we need to really be clear about what we want and and make it happen. So I love Right, like planning what you're wearing, planning where you're gonna go, bringing the romance back, and I see it especially when you have young children, like families with young kids, and you're you're exhausted. Like if if you you're are raising exhausted. your kids at home, oh my God, you, yeah, you're then you have nothing left to give.
0: But you also have to realize that your relationship is your first priority, right, because Mm -hmm. your kids are going to grow up and leave, and they're going to get their own relationships. And if you are in a long-term relationship or a marriage and you want it to work, you have to foster that and nurture that just as if before the kids came came along. And sometimes that is hard, but, again, like I said, Relationships are hard work, right? And you—it's a job that you never leave, right? Because if you have a bad day at work, right, you—you you know, like at five o'clock or whatever time you're getting off, you know, I see you later, alligator. But when you're in a relationship, and if you're having a bad day, you need to fix it because it just causes so much stress, strain, and energy. And so I always tell people, your your relationship be, should be your number one focus, even though sometimes it's hard. But if you have a great relationship, you have great communication, great communication leads to great intimacy, and intimacy leads to amazing sex. And so it it all goes together. And that's the reason why when we first started talking, I said talking about communication, communication. Communication is the key to everything, and when you're overwhelmed, when you're sad, when you're not feeling well, if you're able to communicate that with your partner, right, you can get your needs met a lot quicker than if you're not communicating and you're, 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 you're overworked and, and feeling like you're in the relationship alone. And that's the reason why a lot of uh, relationships fail, because you feel like, you know, I'm alone, I, we're not communicating, we're not having sex, and it's just it becomes a snowball effect and so you're it's easier for you to walk away at that moment than to stand up and say, "You know what? I see these things are wrong in this relationship, and I'm going to do the work." To try to make sure that we fix it, and let's start with communication. Where did that break down, right? And how do we correct that? And how do I learn to communicate my needs, my wants, and my desire? Because most of the time, if you're if you have a partner that really wants this to work, they're feeling the same exact thing that you're feeling. That mm-hmm. women are more vocal, as you know, in relationships than men, right? But for the right. most part, they want. To feel needed, they want to feel that they can rescue you. They want to to know that you desire them sexually and all of those things. And if you tell them, "Listen, honey, I am doing entirely too much. It's a lot going on at work. You know, coming home and having to clean up, do homework, and all these kind of things. And I need your help in order for me to be able to give you myself fully." you know after the kids go to bed or whatever time you set a you know set aside for your partner I guarantee you they're going to do their best to lift that off for you so you can have quality time together and can have quality sex hmm. it's
1: just
0: a it's, it's a ripple effect but you have to be able to communicate that and feel confident and comfortable communicating those things
1: yeah it's it's a difficult thing for people i mean this has been the majority of the focus of my work because most of us grew up in homes where communication was poor, and, you know, in my house, yes. it was a very high conflict with a lot of yelling. Um, at least we weren't kept quiet, you know. <laughs> we were vocal, <laughs> but but the, the yelling was not respectful, and it was not clear. So a lot of times when, like, my mom would ask me to do something, she wouldn't communicate it clearly, and then she'd get upset if we didn't do what she wanted us to do. And it was just like chaos, a lot of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually said to me a, a couple months ago that she wishes that she had the courage to speak up in the way that I do. And um, and I said, you know, mom, it's never too late to learn. And I do believe these skills can be taught at any age, at any stage. It changes your life. Um, and so it, it, something came up and I know we're Towards the end of the show, but I, I do want to I want to talk about one thing, sort of to bring it back to the beginning. And you talked about how in the beginning of your marriage, you were kind of came from a long line of bossy women who came in with all their own stuff, with this independence of their own house, their own car, and you ended up in in sort of a more equal power relationship. It sounds like. So I was, sure. I'm wondering how. How did you balance the power coming from one extreme and, and finding your new, your new happy place?
0: And, and again, I had to do the work with myself. I ended up going to counseling. And mm-hmm. then I also realized that I did not have to be the dictator in the relationship, right? Because nothing that my husband could do was right. If I say go clean the bathroom, it was if it wasn't clean with Clorox, it wasn't clean clean enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of mm-hmm. woman right, because, you know, I was taught that if you clean with Clorox, it's clean. If you clean with anything else, it's not clean. And he was raised totally different, right? And so I had to realize that in every situation I didn't have to have control of everything and that he, did, he was valuable and that he did bring some new ideas and new ways of thinking to get the same job done effectively, And so for Mm -hmm. me, I had to learn that I didn't have to say everything that I was thinking in my head, right? Because anything that came in my head, I used to speak it, right? And then I also learned that I had to exercise self-control. Because, again, when you come from and that's all you see, like you said, your mom, you know, you've seen a bunch of yelling. So, it, you know, in your relationship, it's easy to yell because you think you're not being heard, right? And so I had mm-hmm. to realize that I didn't have to be in control of every situation, that I was married to a capable person that had made it to 22 years old and beyond without me, you know, being his mother. He didn't need another mother. He needed a wife. He needed an equal partner that we can make decisions together, and the way um, I thought it should be done or executed was not always the only way to get to the end result. And so I had to Mm -hmm. take a step back and really search within myself and say, Gail, you don't have to win at everything, especially in this marriage.
1: Mm. Yeah, this is an important message, and I hope that everybody takes this in because uh, one of the biggest complaints I hear is that women who are powerful attract men who seem to want a mommy. And I believe that there's a dynamic that we create by taking too much control and taking over that has the man act like he wants a mommy. Um, Certainly can be the wrong partnership, but also it's learned behavior. And so when you change the dynamic it it stops the emasculation. It has your husband rise up and be even more empowered, and it has you be a partner, not a dictator, which is so important. It's just I, I love this and message. I,
0: you you nail that. You literally nail that because that's literally what I what had to happen. In my household in order for us to last Because I did not want to become another statistic And I I knew that he was capable But you know he's like I can't I'm not going to be fighting with you On every single thing that is presented In this this union I'm just not going to do it And so I had Uh to to learn to take a back seat And realize that he was capable And like you say, give him his manhood back That he rightly deserved And he wears it well you know? And I had to realize yeah.
1: that. Yeah, beautiful. All right, I have one last question for you. What sure. is your number one tip to help women go on their last first date?
0: Be confident in your own skin and don't let what media, social media, or other people say about you or have said to you define your path.
1: Mm, I love it. Well, thank you, Gail. Um, tell tell our audience how to find you and all of your beautiful books and your beautiful work.
0: You can find me on um, any social media platform as, as well as my website at Gail Crowder. Um, so all my social media platform is my name, Gail, G-A-I-L, last name Crowder, D-R-O-W-D-E-R, and you can find all of my books either on my website or you can find them on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you you know find your reading materials, you can find my books there.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and helping helping couples bring sexy back and to reconnect on all levels because it's, it's such an important conversation and we can't speak about this enough. So thanks again, Gail.
0: Thank you so much for having me. You guys have an amazing, amazing day.
1: Thank you. You too. And thanks, everyone, for listening today. And if you love Last First Date Radio and you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us over at iTunes or anywhere that you listen to this show. We are on FM Player, Stitcher, Google Play. We're everywhere. So rating and reviewing helps more people find us and love us. And I hope that you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.